Welcome to a new episode of the Kingdom Project Podcast. I am your host, Marcus Hall. No agendas, no gimmicks. <laughs> no gimmicks, no agendas. That would probably be the title of this episode. Hope everyone is doing well. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, subscribing, streaming, whatever, whatever it is that you lovely people do. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Let's uh, let me talk for a moment off topic of what this episode will probably go to um, uh, some ser- more, more, more than one person <laughs> um, after t- after wrapping up the eschatology series there on uh, finishing Matthew 24 uh some people are reading the last days according to Jesus by RC. Uh, so, um, trying to figure some things out, people not sure where they're landing. That's cool. That's okay. It's a process. So, um, jumping in there, sort of into the pool of preterism, uh, it can be, it can, <laughs> it can be, uh, very overwhelming and uh, intimidating at times. There is a lot of stuff out there. I've said it's very, very broad, just like, uh, you know, it's a very broad umbrella term anymore these days. Um, very much like charismatic or charismatic, you know, whatever. So, um, you know, stick, you know, r- read RC if that's what you're doing. Uh, Kenneth Gentry, uh, John Noe. Gary DeMar, um, you could always get James Russell Stewart's book, The Parousia. Um, there's another one here. What is this? I'm trying to, can't see the author's name. Uh, Chilton, I think. Chilton. It's called uh, Paradise Restored. Um, there's a book out there. It's called, uh, um, oh boy, I can't even remember it now. Um, but, oh, The Days of Vid- Vengeance. Um, there's a lot of stuff on there too that are free, uh, free PDF files, um, on, uh, what is it? The preterist archive dot, I think it's dot com or dot org, but it's the preterist archive. Um, man, they have, they got everything. I mean, any and everything from all, all, all the camps of preterism in there. Uh, so you can go through there and weed that, weed through it, sort it out if you'd like to. Um, old books too, really old ones. Uh, they go all the way back to the beginning of church history, I think. Most of it is available for PDF uh, free on there too as well. So um, if you have a tablet, you can just download that and then send it to your uh, Kindle reader or whatever it is that you use. Uh, that's what I do. So um, just stick it out. Things will come. Don't rush it. I spent three years studying eschatology. Still continue. Still reading books because I enjoy it. Um, <clears throat> you'll figure it out. But main thing, the main thing that needs to be the main thing is interpret scripture with scripture. Go with scripture. Um, you know, listen, listen to people, read the books, do all this. You know, podcasts, videos, YouTube, all that type of stuff, but always take it back to scripture and test it and hold fast to what is good. Okay. Um, 
So that's my advice. Um, and then just email or message me or whatever with, for a conversation. Be more than happy to talk about it. I don't have all the answers. Nevertheless, I do believe in um, pretty much the Bible being uh, fulfilled these days. So, um, <laughs> um, that, that's a whole other topic, I suppose. But let's get to just having no... No gimmicks, no agendas. What's up with that phrase? Um, <laughs> I see it all the time on Facebook. Churches saying, join us for our service. No agenda, no gimmicks, no whatever. Um, home groups, things like that. To um, here, Here's the thing, though. I understand the use of gimmick and the use of the word agenda but when it still comes down to it if it says something about if you're getting together for fellowship and worship then isn't that the agenda okay so here's what i've learned <laughs> please please take all this with a grain of salt and don't think i'm a, a, a bitter old man <laughs> because i'm not um he, here from my experience okay and so this is not across the board, everyone. I'm not coming against the phrase, okay? Um, no gimmick, no agenda. I'm, I'm not, but um, it it usually it will usually mean a couple of things, all right? And those things are: it's usually going to be non-denominational setting and a mixture. Uh, a wide variety or device or a diverse group of charismatics who think that if there is an agenda or if there is anything planned that th what that does is hinder the holy spirit from moving or doing what the holy spirit really wants to do um so they just want to have a long, a long worship service um, with long, drawn-out songs, um, and ask if anybody has a word, <laughs> and um, somebody is going to prophesy, and and then, then then somebody will end up eventually just reading something, a verse out of context, and. Everyone's just going to be saying amen and thank you, Jesus, to everything that happens and never discerning or rather dividing the word of truth and never going by the rules that have been laid out in Scripture. Take me for a stickler, okay, whatever, but I like to do things by the book, especially if it's God's book. Okay, so maybe that's not the whole point, but it usually ends up happening because when you advertise like that, the people who think like that are, are going to be the ones that come up. Okay. It's not going to be traditional type of church service. There's no, there's no traditional things going on here. We're just going to go and let the spirit do what the spirit does. But before the spirit does what he really wants to do, we have to create an atmosphere and we have to invite the presence in and then and then those who aren't that familiar with that lead them into the presence and get the atmosphere just right 
Okay, I'm already worn out just talking about it. Um, so like I said, it's usually something like that. There's not going to be any preaching or somebody else just start talking and then ramble for a while about something. And it's usually something that they desire or that they think they desire that they're not getting. And they feel unsatisfied within their journey of, of church and of worship or something like that, because they're not, they think they're not living as the way they're supposed to be living as in doing the things that Jesus has done and things like that. So somebody gets up and speaks a word and they'll usually will say, you know, I feel like the Lord saying this, or some people will say, and the Lord would say, and stuff like that. Nobody even tests it. And Paul in Corinthians, first Corinthians, it says, let two prophets or at the most three speak and then weigh the word and test it. Nobody ever, somebody stands up, gives a prophecy. Everyone always goes, oh, yeah, awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then they just keep going. Nobody tests it. Um, you should probably, after you've somebody has stood up and given a word, ask the Holy, Holy Spirit for uh, two or more witnesses on that thing and see what's going on and see if that person's actually hearing from God or test it with Scripture as well. Um Somebody speaks in tongues, and then there's no interpretation, but nobody minds because they're not. it's not really the case. You don't have to have an interpreter, but Paul says you should. Uh-huh. See where I'm going? So no gimmicks and no agendas really just leads, leads to, to it's all gimmick. <laughs> it's all gimmicks and all agendas because people think they're having church like they had church in the first century. Because they're just letting the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Because he squelched or quenched or grieved in regular church services. And the fact of the matter is that church in the first century was actually had some sort of uh, uh, program. All right. Um, and, you know, you could just look it up. But they preached. They preached the word. The apostles gave the apostles their teachings, but it was all confirmed from what they had from the Hebrew scriptures in the Old Testament. Paul said, I preached nothing but Moses and the prophets. That means uh, the Old Testament, the law and the prophets. So he was teaching what the law and prophets spoke of and then saying that the revelation of it was fulfilled in Jesus. They got together, they read their scrolls, they did their teaching, they committed themselves to that, they asked questions, they rightly divided the word of truth. Some people, like the Bereans, actually searched the scriptures daily to see if the things that he was saying were true. That's in Acts 17. And um, it wasn't all uh, about um, worship and, and, and singing and creating an atmosphere, because you don't have to create an atmosphere, because the Holy Spirit resides and everyone um, who believes. Um, you can simply get together and study the word and give praise and all glory to God. And uh, and if you want to uh, operate in the gifts, you can do it properly and do it with the guidelines that have been written out by Paul to the Corinthians because that's all we have to go by on there. And people really would like to just ignore it. Um, but I would say that those, since it's inspired writing, that's how the Lord would prefer, 
the gifts to be operated um, with the, within those parameters and those uh, standards. All right, so that being said, <laughs> that being said, I want to go through a couple of things that, <clears throat> excuse me, is very common today. Is is very common and it drives me crazy, um, and and we'll, we'll talk about some of the uh, uh, the gimmick gimmicks <laughs> that happen. All right, so um, I don't know why preachers do this. Um, now I'm gonna a couple of these things I'm gonna explain, and uh, um. This is not across the board, okay? I'm not coming against any of these things that I just said. I'm just saying that's what it's usually like. Now, the things I'm about to say, this stuff happens all the time, and I can't hardly pay attention to preachers when they um, are behaving like this most of the time. <laughs> and there's different reasons for it, and so um, let's just go with the first one, okay? Like, usually it's got to be a lot of hype, right? Pastor comes up right at the end of worship and the drums they do a swell and the music swelling up and boom 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 give it up for jesus give it up for jesus give the lord a hand stuff like that right um okay that's cool uh, <laughs> let's hear it one more time for the lord and they're like amen 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 and then they're like all right all right um <laughs> And now what they're going to do is switch into their sermon. They're going to start um, usually they may go to the text. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they have to give this long intro with a story or something like that. That's fine. But here, here, here's what happened. It's usually the preacher wants to point. They, they like to point out that they're make, making the point. All right. <laughs> They like the point that they're making, and they want you to know it. So we have to play Simon Says, right? So let's just, for instance, just do one thing. I'm gonna already had this scripture pulled up, so I'm gonna use it for an example. Let's just say, okay, let's just talk about. Let let me set the stage. Let me just give a fake sermon, okay? And <laughs> text is Matthew three, Matthew three today, <clears throat> okay? Matthew, Matthew chapter three, verse uh, eleven, the last part of eleven. It'd be eleven B. All right. Now, and and they don't go to the verse. <laughs> they go, you know, from a there's all these things that that we know from an early age. You know, we all we all know things from an early age. The sunrise, the sunsets, and things like that. And there's a lot of things that we learn, um, and sometimes we gotta we have to experience it when we to actually know it but from usually from an early age we know fire bad fire's hot it's going to burn you stay away from the stove stay away from the hot coffee if there's a campfire don't go by the fire you get to it it's hot you know you touch it it's going to burn you even as a young you know toddler fire bad all right but how many of you know that fire's good? Mm -hmm. Everybody say fire's good. <laughs> fire's good, right? Simon says. All right? Because God is a consuming fire. God is a refiner's fire. And, you know, and then they go, Matthew, yeah. And right here it says, 
one is coming after me. It was John the Bab- baptizer, and he's baptizing wa- uh, with water for repentance. But here it says he will one who's coming, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Everybody say Holy Spirit and fire. Holy Spirit and fire. <sighs> right Uh, some some people do it so much that it's just like oh man you're wearing me out these repeat after me's okay don't do that a lot of times when they do that you end up losing the point uh, the whole point uh, you know all together all right um, if there's like 50 of those in a message, then I'm just like, I'm not even going to repeat what you're saying. Okay. Now there's two reasons for this. <laughs> two, two, actually, let me finish my fake sermon. That guy's going to go on to say, you get saved. Then you had to get baptized by the Holy spirit, even though the Holy spirit enters you at the time of salvation. And then uh, but but did you know you're going to have a baptism of fire too? Now what he has done is just by quoting that verse and that verse alone and not even the whole verse, he's got you to say some fire is bad. We know that the literal actual, actual fire like in the campfire from the stove is going to burn you. But here, John has said, Jesus was coming and was going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And so now he's had you repeat it a couple of times. And by doing so, um, well, let's just say we all have discernment levels. We have defense mechanisms. Sometimes imagine, imagine the, uh, the little, little signs that you see about risk of a fire today, right? It's very low. It's moderate. It's green or whatever. A lot of times it's a very, very high risk for fire, just like how the United States has the, uh, the color codes for attack terrorist attacks right we're code red a lot of people are usually code red all right well you got somebody standing in front of you now in front of everybody he's got the microphone he's in charge somebody in the front of a crowd is 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 always hey i have your undivided divided attention all right we grow up in this in school, the teacher is the one who talks. The teacher is the one who's telling you things. You learn from the teacher, right? Same in church. A lot of times, unfortunately, the one who's preaching or teaching is the one who is in control and is what he says is what what goes. Unfortunately, there's a lot of gimmicks and agendas, even though they say there's not. Now, by having you repeat at what he has said he has now made you feel a little bit more comfortable he has made you feel a little bit uh safer and now you've gone from red down to you know whatever really comfortable you've got your attention now you've repeated in psycho this is a psychological technique now listen again this is not for everyone who has you repeat. I'm going to give you the second reason for it as well, okay? So I'm not saying that everyone that does this is trying to manipulate you, but it is a psychological way of manipulation to get your brain focused on what they're saying, and now they have your attention, they have your discernment level down, and now they will twist twist scripture by saying, there's a baptism of fire, and you need it. Now, 
that's questionable. I understand that. Some people claim it. Some people feel warmth. Some people have felt fire or heat when the Holy Spirit moves. I understand that. But do we have an actual verse for it besides this? You can't really say that because that's not what this verse says within its context. <laughs> but he wouldn't go on to go to, to, to verse 12. But verse 12 says, all right, his winnow, winnowing fork is in his hand and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff will burn with unquenchable fire. Now, basically, John is saying, I baptize you with water for repentance. If there's one coming mightier than I, he will either save you and, and baptize you with the Holy Spirit or you will get burned, right? This is about giving your life to the Lord or not, all right? It's clear. He will, he's either going to bab, you'll either receive his spirit or you'll reject him and you'll get fire. That, that's the whole context of this. Now, fire is used of God throughout the scriptures, throughout the whole Bible, the burning bush, um, a fire by night, a pillar cloud by day, um, fire, uh, the, the fire that he uh, uh, gave at the in the temple, all that type of stuff. Um, we know it's a refiner's fire. Used to I used to try to sidestep this verse and say, well, it's a refiner's fire that the fire, the baptism of fire will come and refine you and burn out all the dross, all the uh, bad things and things like that. OK, anyway, um my point here on that was is with Matthew 11. Just don't use that verse for baptism of fire. Uh, <laughs> if script to me, if scripture has more than one interpretation, then I don't know what to do with it because anybody can make interpretation out of anything. And therefore, it's not really um, very I mean, it's just becomes too flexible. All right. So um, that that would be the, the, the one reason. Now, the other reason. It's simply to make people participate, have them pay attention, and know know what's going on. Say this. That way, it's also going to stick in your mind better. Okay? So it's not always manipulation. It's not always just to try to get away with with uh, twisting Scripture. I'm just – I just wanted to point that out. Okay. So then we have the uh, for your information moments, all right? Um <laughs> It's usually how many know, and then it goes into some buzz concept, usually. Something something that's whatever the hype is within the recent months of conferences and that. How many know that the Lord is raising up an apostolic company in this state, <laughs> right? Or how many of you know the enemy only has a little bit longer? How many know that this is the days of Elijah, right? <laughs> well, you know, it, it's like the most, it's like, what's the current meme? And I'm going to inform you what the current meme is because who wants to be left out? So, you know, and the preacher sort of wants to let the congregation know that they're part of whatever the latest instruction instruction is or the latest word of the spirit is. 
Um, so, you know. <laughs> okay. What, what's another one? Um, oh, the interruption of the Holy Spirit. All right. This just in, right? Special news alert type of thing. All right. Pre- preachers do this a lot, all the time. They'll just be teaching. They're in the middle of a message. And then they just have to ta- stop to to tell you that the Holy Spirit just moved and moved on them to say something important <laughs> or to quit the message altogether or <laughs> um, whatever, just fill in the blank, all right? Um, I, I don't have a problem with Holy Spirit breaking into a message. Does this happen? Uh, yeah, I could say it does. Um, it can. I don't have a problem with that. Um or that a preacher is actually going to stop and just share it. But you don't actually even, I mean, do you actually even have to announce it? Just do it, right? Um, and the best way or the reasoning for this would be, um, imagine, you know, uh, imagine the woman with the bleeding issue touching the hem of Jesus's garment. I mean, he he wasn't just in the crowd and then just go, wait. Holy Spirit just showed me that somebody just touched me and the power just went out from me and touched that person. <laughs> and then he uses that for a, a, a teachable moment. How many, how many of you know that the power goes out from you? <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. And then, and then they say, say power goes out from you. Say it. Power goes out from you. Say power goes out people. Someone help me out. Can I get a, can I get a, amen? And that's the next one. Um, that's a bad habit. Um, I think a lot of preachers and teachers and speakers and are, um, insecure <laughs> and, uh, they, they, I think most of us, I have to include myself. Um, I don't ask for an amen though. I, I, I can't stand when they're like, they just, that's a good place to amen. Somebody going to amen. Amen. Now would be a good time to say amen. It, it, it's like, it's, it's like you're fishing for likes. All right. It's like constantly checking your, Facebook status to see how many people have liked it or responded to it. And Hey, can I have an amen at that point? It's, it's like, it's like they always need the congregation to agree with, with them, you know, and maybe somebody didn't catch it or maybe they do agree. Most of the time they do, but, um, you know, it, it's like <laughs> you don't need affirmation. You don't need confirmation from what you're preaching. If you're actually preaching the word of God, um, if they don't amen, they just don't amen. Some people just aren't vocal. Others are. Some people are going to say it. And then so on that, on the flip side of that is how so many people in the congregation today don't even say amen, but they sound like they're hypnotized little like drones because all you hear is, Oh, 
wow, wow, so good, so good, oh, whoa. And it's like, what is going on? This is weird. So, <laughs> but think about, think, think about the prophets, think about the apostles, think about Jesus. They never asked to get a witness they never asked for an amen. At least it's not recorded if they did because most of them were appearing in front of people with a message that they weren't going to hear and they were going to face opposition with it. All right. So it doesn't matter if we're hip and cool and relevant. Just preach the word. And if people don't respond, they don't respond. It doesn't mean they're not listening. It doesn't mean they're not paying attention. As a matter of fact, they may be so concentrated on what you're saying or looking at the verse and cross-references that they're taking a lot in and they're just not saying anything, okay? So, <laughs> um, the, uh, the, what else is there? Uh, <clears throat> what about the whole... Uh, being let just going off point for a long time now i do this I, I just go off my notes and i start talking about something for a moment i did it today but i go right back into where i was at so it's it's a lot like the simon says or the uh for your inform how many of you know or you know or just the the breaking in of the holy spirit the thing that happens though is that they can't even remember the point they were going to try to make in the first place so if you can't remember where you are or what point you were trying to make, then the congregation got lost a long time ago. So, so um, it's not a good idea just to be all over the place. All right. Um, you know, and I, and I, I worry sometimes that I'm all over the place just in scripture, let alone just talking and rambling, you know, what, or there's a, what is another thing? How about a, a nugget? You just guys, I will go ahead. Maybe I shouldn't, maybe I shouldn't share this. You know, I, I do that sometimes. Well, I don't know if I should say this yet, but I'm not saying maybe I shouldn't say this because it's revelatory information that I've received that I'm withholding. Now, this is just going to totally blow your mind. Um, a lot of people, though, will say, eh, I don't know, yeah, maybe, maybe. And, and basically what they're doing is building it up because it's so like I got to hype this up. I got to hype this up for a moment. You know, yeah, I don't know. Maybe should I? You know, Lord dropped this in my spirit. He downloaded this. I don't know if I should say it. I don't know if I should say it. You know, and, and people are like, yeah, yeah, say it. Say it. Come on, brother. <laughs> so um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it sounds like I'm really making fun of a lot of things. But these are real things. These are real issues. And I think everyone that's listening to this would say you've experienced these things. So. Is this more, this is more for pe people who actually preach or teach probably, or even if you do Sunday school or a Bible study or whatever, you know, you, you can be loose, but you don't have to be so loosey goosey that you're just all over the place. And it, it just becomes word salad. You don't need an affirmation. You've been, been picked to give the message. So deliver a good one and be faithful to the word and to God. Um, and if something does happen, um, like the Holy Spirit breaks in for that moment, then, you know, 
do it and do it, do it. Um, um, I don't know, you know, do it in a way that can be handled rightly, I guess. So it doesn't confuse people and all that, all that to say that, um, the whole no gimmicks, no agenda thing. Like, I mean, who, who cares? Like who are you trying to be relevant for anyway? Like the word is relevant because it's God's word. Um, I understand the agenda thing, but if you are getting together to, to rightly divide the word of truth and to worship God, I mean, that's the agenda. So just go with it, man. Uh, um, it's okay, but everybody wants to try to be like how everybody else, whoever, whoever has set the bar or the standard or whatever, uh, that's popular, uh, these days. And so they go with it, I think, without even really thinking about what it sort of means, <laughs> but in, in, in charismatic groups, that's real, it, it's real big. I understand that. But, um, <laughs> um, I, I probably not even making sense. I'm good thing. It's not a sermon. So, um, I just thought it would be sort of fun and lighthearted episode. Um, what do you guys think though? I mean, is, is that something that you're used to or that is common? And do you see it sometimes just turning into a big free for all type of slosh fest, if you will? Um, does it, does it seem to, pull in the uh i you know i don't know the people who aren't or don't belong to a church on a regular basis because they think churches are spiritually dead so they have to go to some place that is you know advertises no agenda type of thing um that's what i seem uh to have to experience in the past with a lot of that stuff, or that seems to be the mentality of that type of stuff. So anyway, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to decide which way to go. I thought I would just speak on that and hopefully get some laughs out of you. <clears throat> like to joke around at times. Um, but I am also trying to think of what direction in, to go to with, um, with a, the, the next handful of episodes for this podcast. Um, if I should focus a little bit more on uh, interpretation of uh, the, the hermeneutic of preterism for some of those who are actually going that way and, and are interested in it and sifting through all that information. Um, if so, please let me know. I've thought about, and I said this last time, um, I, I may just do a I may do several episodes of highlights or an overview or a primer on the book of Revelation. Um, I'm still debating that or I may just forget about all that stuff altogether and just uh, start looking at uh, some other things. Um, I myself have been in Romans a lot lately all this week, taken in a lot of things, Romans uh, one through eight, definitely. Um, so, you know. I uh, just wanted to give a give a, a little little fun uh, no agenda <laughs> episode for you all there. <laughs> anyway, I hope you all like it. I hope you just stay encouraged and edified and continue to listen and um, be blessed.
All right, there you go. You have any questions, comments, disagreements, send them my way at the Kingdom Project Podcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And until next time, be a mustard seed, be loving. Thanks for listening.